Hi and welcome to episode 14 of that year 11 human bio thing. In this episode we will be looking at stem cells. Stem cells are undifferentiated cells that have the potential to differentiate into many different tissues depending on the level of cell potency and that will be the focus of this podcast. Now, as I said before stem cells are undifferentiated cells. What that means is that they haven't become something yet. They haven't specialised, they haven't differentiated to become a particular cell in a particular tissue or organ. And these cells have the ability to divide by mitosis. Now we've learned about mitosis in a previous podcast. And mitosis means that you produce genetically identical daughter cells. And these can differentiate, as I said, into many different tissues depending on the level of cell potency. And so there are three levels of cell potency. The first level is called totipotent, and if you think about it, it's totally potent, it's totally powerful, it has the ability to become something, all, or all types, and so totipotent cells give rise to all cell types, including the embryonic membranes that surround the embryo, and after about five days, the spe- they begin to specialise to form the blastocyst, and so they are no longer um, totipotent at this point, so totipotent cells are pre blastocyst in in nature and so they're quite difficult to harvest. Pluripotent cells they give rise to many but not all cell types. If you think about the word plural it means many, several and they can't but their potency is not as good totally you can do everything they're pluri which means they can do many things but just not everything and so they can give rise to all cell types apart from the embryonic membranes and in the last podcast, we learned that embryonic membranes include the placental tissue, uh, placental tissue, the em- the amnion, the chorion, and so we can these cells can be harvested from blastocysts and embryos. And then we have a third type known as multipotent. Multi means more than one. Its potency isn't as great as pluri or totipotent. And they're able to give rise to all cells that have a particular function. For example, blood stem cells can give rise to erythrocytes and leukocytes and thrombocytes. Multipotent cells, stem cells, are found in both embryos and adults, but we usually associate them with adults. So what are the sources of uh, stem cells? Well, you can, after birth, there is an umbilical cord and placenta, and these contain stem cells. Um, the stem cells are multipotent in nature, and therefore, if these are to be donated to for the purposes of research, permission is needed from the parents. And in Australia, we have an organisation called Auscord that collects uh, undiscarded umbilical cord blood and placental blood. And then the second type would be embryonic stem cells. Usually these are cultured from frozen embryos and these are obtained from IVF clinics. So what happens here is that should there be a successful pregnancy through IVF, then there are a number of eggs that are left over that are frozen and these uh, eggs again may be discarded or they could be offered for use. So if the parents decide that they're not going to have any more children, they may say that we're going to donate these for research. So the patient's permission is required. They're pluripotent. Um, but they may be rejected by um, a, a different individual's body. And so while they're pluripotent and they can give rise to many, um, but not all cell types, they, they may not 
they may be rejected by an individual that's not the same as the, the individual that they came from. Sometimes these can be stored and should something happen within that particular individual, that baby as it's growing up, then these pluripotent stem cells could be used. Now the third source of stem cells are adult stem cells and adult stem cells are found um, in all tissues but they're only found in small numbers so they're quite hard to find and there is a hope that in the future they can be reprogrammed because they're multipotent in nature and there is some research now going on which suggests that we can actually reprogram them uh, but this is ongoing research and the problem with adult stem cells is that they may contain defects of that individual and they may be rejected unless they're used by the actual in individuals themselves. So how could stem cells be used in the future? Well, cord blood stem cells could be used to treat conditions such as leukemia, particularly if they're stored for that particular individual. So, well, that's just an example. So they might be used if they have uh, blood cancer later on in life. So that's a future application. Um, down the road, we may be fine, but now that people are living longer, Alzheimer's is becoming more of an issue, So, and Parkinson's disease is, is an issue. And so as people live longer, these conditions are, are something that we may look to try and resolve using stem cell research. Currently, we can't. The third way of using stem cells is you can actually take some stem cells and see how they respond to particular drugs and see whether it causes these um, cells to become ab or become abnormal. And if that does happen, then this potentially means that the chemicals or drugs that are being used are teratogens. Now, teratogens are drugs which, when fetuses are exposed to them, cause defects before birth and we'll talk about that in a later podcast but if you're able to identify what these drugs are then maybe it would reduce or limit the use of these drugs in terms of harming and damaging developing embryos. Now the advantage of embryonic stem cells is that once they're isolated you can actually carry out proliferation with those cells you can actually subculture them to develop cell lines and so we get this repeat culturing of these cells which have the potential to become different types of tissue apologies for the crow which obviously wanted to be a part of the recording there making itself known so we move on to therapeutic cloning now therapeutic cloning is pretty controversial it's it's a controversial method of obtaining embryonic stem cells what are clones well clones are where two or more cells, tissues or organisms are genetically identical. And so Dolly the sheep, which is an example that many people will have heard of, born in 1997, was the first animal produced that was a clone of its mother. The problem with Dolly was that she aged very quickly. There were also several attempts before Dolly was produced. And so this type of research could be very useful in providing healthy body cells that are perfect tissue matched to a patient and they could be created to replace diseased cells. Where we've got to be careful though is that we're not looking to create a full person because that is controversial anyway and it's prohibited by an act that was passed in 2002 which we'll come back to. But effectively what happens is an egg is used as a donor from a female, the nucleus is irradiated and then you get the insert, uh, the nucleus containing the patient's genetic code is inserted. This is a patient who has the disease. These cells are then grown up to form a blastocyst and this is done in the stem cell culture and then hopefully the healthy body cells can be then inserted into the patient in a kind of gene therapy way. Now this is quite controversial research and there's still a lot of work being done on it. 
So what about adult stem cells? Well, adult stem cells, as I've said earlier, are found in all tissues, but they're only found in small numbers, which is why they're hard to find. Now, the future for them is, if we can isolate them, is that they could be reprogrammed. The problem with that is that they may contain defects of the person from which they came. Uh, the good, the advantage is that they, they won't be rejected by the person if they belong to that person, and so they could be stored in a similar way to we talked about earlier in terms of cord blood stem cells. There are ethical issues that you need to be aware of when we're talking about stem cell research. And so some of the ethical considerations are um, the production of replacement tissue and organs for transport will be of great benefit because organs for transport are always in short supply. The benefit of stem cell research are only potential benefits. The outcomes of scientific research are unpredictable and the goals may prove to be unattainable or many decades away. Adult stem cells can be used for research, thus avoiding the destruction of human embryos, but as I said, they may contain genetic defects or they, may, they, they don't grow as quickly. So in terms of the cell cultures, they're very difficult to get hold of in terms of uh, where we were talking earlier about um, ther not therapeutic, only embryonic stem cells being subcultured. You can't really do that with adult stem cells in the same way. And so there are a number of issues that we need to find. Adult stem cells don't dis um, are useful to if we can use those and reprogram them because you don't destroy embryos. Um, and as I said, embryos can be used from IVF and they, they may be being discarded anyway, but it may lead to attitudes where people just say, well, it, where does life begin? Where does life, you know, what's the starting point? And are we actually then becoming a little bit routine in, in the way we destroy and desensitize destruction of human life? And so these are some of the issues that we may find. Finally, there are two pieces of legislation that have been passed in Australia to do with stem cell research. These were passed in 2002 and reviewed regularly. The first of these is the Research Involving Human Embryos Act, and this is about the use of surplus embryos from IVF programs. This is now allowed, but researchers who want to use these IVF embryos need a license, so they apply for a license, and if it's accepted, they can use them. However, this is carefully regulated to adhere to the ethical standards, and written permission is required from the donors of those eggs, so of those IVF embryos, I should say, not eggs. And so that's important as well. And the second act is the Prohibition of Human Cloning Act. And as its name suggests, this is basically saying that human cloning is banned. And that concludes this podcast.